We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper here again with Nick Whalen. Week 13 of the NFL season. If you're still listening to this podcast, well, that's great for us, I guess. Uh, make sure you leave so, us a nice review. We'd greatly appreciate that. suspicious if you're still listening. Well, maybe you're a bot, or maybe you're just a person who likes very mediocre podcasts. And if, if you do, again, I, I really appreciate that. I think Nick does too. Uh, I've been on a heater all week. My car smells like blueberry waffles, and there's no... Excuse me, what? There's no tangible explanation at all. Like, there's absolutely no reason I didn't have blueberries in the car, I didn't have waffles in the car, I didn't have blueberry waffles in the car, but it smells like blueberry waffles. Is that a good or a bad thing? 
It's amazing. It's the best week of my life. Huh. And there's no explanation for it at all. And it's like, it's, you know, so if I, example, you know, if I ride with you to lunch after this podcast, am I going to step into your car and be like, wow. Oh, no, I don't have that car. My wife has the car that smells good right now. Oh, you gave her the waffle car? She gave me the car that smells like summer sausage. That's, I feel like that's almost better. Uh, you know, the, the blueberry waffle smell doesn't really get old. The summer sausage smell starts to get old after a while. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, I'd, I can't speak from experience, unfortunately. No, no, you, you cannot. Uh, let's dive into this slate preview each game coming up here in week 13. Cowboys-Vikings is your Thursday night game. Tickets going for a cool 233 at the price uh, floor in this one. All right. Vikings at six and five, four and one at home. Cowboys at ten and one, five and zero oh on the road. This is a big game for Minnesota as they try to uh, stay in the mix as a uh, likely playoff team. And you know, if they lose this one at six and six, the Packers could win. Packers are hot right now. Packers are heating up. It's going to get ugly in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer is going to miss this game after having eye surgery on Wednesday. Yeah, what's emergency about? eye surgery? What happened? Um, I don't know. I saw that tweeted. It was pretty late last night. That news uh, was tweeted from the official Vikings account. And, you know, that was one of those tweets that I was like, I should probably look at the mentions for this tweet because they're probably going to be pretty good. And they were. Uh, there was a lot of, oh, is, did he watch the film from last week? Ooh. You know, oh, yeah. Like, wow. Got him. You know, that type of stuff. Yes, that uh, hard-hitting upper Midwest right. meanness that we are, we're known for in this part of the country. Right, exactly. Um, but they do have two former head coaches on the team. I, who's the other one? Tony Sperano is one. Ray Rhodes? Uh, not Ray Rhodes. I, we'll do a, a special Ray Rhodes podcast one of these days. Um, but they have a, a contingency plan in place. You know, they're not just going to fly by the seat of their pants, obviously. Um, but yeah, interesting. I mean, it, not that Mike Zimmer has, you know, been, been like the, the driving force, I guess, behind a six and five team right now. Um, but I think it's a, it's a little bit of a storyline, I guess, and certainly not a good thing as you're heading into a matchup with the best team in the league that's won 10 games in a row. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings are a well-coached team, so not having Zimmer there, right. as you said, it doesn't help now. The assistants Detach will retina. handle it. How, what? How did that happen? Like, that doesn't just happen. Like, you have to take, like, a hit of some sort, right? Yeah, did he fall down the stairs or what? That, that's bizarre. They've had horrible luck as an organization right. this year, so... Nobody is safe uh, at this point. I don't like that. This is being a little underreported. Like if a player out of nowhere was just, you know, if Sam Bradford wasn't playing in this game because he had a detached retina and you didn't say why, you know, like do some digging here. I want to know what happened. The truth will come out eventually. Mike Pryfer, by the way, is going to serve as the interim HC tonight. Pryfer? Prefer? Prefer or Pryfer? Regardless. Yeah. Well, all right. The Vikings are three-point underdogs at home. How do you see this one playing out? I think the Cowboys take it. I think it's – I almost feel like Dallas is like due for a loss, and there's no real statistical basis for that, but it's just not that often that teams reel off 11 straight wins. But I've kind of felt that way for the last few weeks, and they've had close calls. And the game against the Redskins last thanks or on Thanksgiving a week ago, you know, five points was the difference in the end, but it never really felt all that close. Um, I mean, Washington played well. The Dallas defense gave up a ton through the air, but the, Red, or the, the Cowboys were in control – for the bulk of that game the previous two weeks against Pittsburgh and Baltimore they were tested but we just keep seeing this team make plays when it needs to and you know the the ground game obviously continues to be uh, a force and Minnesota's defense I think can slow it down but I mean to an extent right even if they slow Dallas down does that mean the Cowboys score like 
21 points, 17 points. And like, how many points can this Minnesota team put up against Dallas? And the Dallas secondary isn't great, but we know Minnesota can't really throw the ball. So I think the deficiencies for Minnesota match up with the deficiencies for Dallas pretty well. And, and in the end, I think that favors the Cowboys. Yeah, the over-under in this game is 44. So you're looking at 23-20, something thereabouts as a final score. Uh, I think I'll take the Vikings with the points, even though I think Dallas emerges with a close win. I think that seems like the most likely scenario because I think the, the firepower for Minnesota is not there. We'll see if Stephon Diggs plays. That's going to be really important to uh, their chances of being successful tonight. Because I think when Diggs is out there, they have a guy who, after the catch, is so explosive that he really presents a lot of matchup problems for opposing secondaries. Get that knee injury, though, right now. I think you take Diggs out of the equation. Adam Thielen's kind of your one. Cordero Patterson becomes more important. Uh, Kyle Rudolph gets more targets. And those guys are all really secondary pieces, not mm-hmm. meant to be in primary sort of roles. Uh, moving on to the Texans and Packers, part of the early block on Sunday. Packers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't think the Texans are good at all. I don't know if the Packers are anything more than an average or slightly above average team, but to me, the Packers can cover six and a half with relative ease against Houston. Uh, They're getting a little healthier defensively. We'll see what happens with Clay Matthews, though. There's pretty big splits in terms of what this defense gives up without Matthews versus what they do when he's on the field. But regardless, I just don't expect Brock Osweiler to have the proficiency to pick apart what has been a disappointing Green Bay secondary. Demarius Randall returned for that Monday game against the Eagles. Uh, Ham salad against Bill O'Brien is a coaching matchup. Probably actually favors the Packers. So I'm I'm going with the Packers giving Mm -hmm. up the 6.5. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things shift now. You know, with Green Bay losing four in a row, everybody was kind of off the Packers heading into that Eagles game. And uh, I think, are people back on the Packers now? I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked like, you know, vintage Aaron Rodgers probably for the first time this season. I mean, there's been other games where he's looked really, really good, but we haven't seen him, one, attempt, and two, complete some of the throws that he was making in that Eagles game, the long one down the sideline to Devontae Adams, the other long one to Devontae Adams in the end zone. Um, and those were throws that Rodgers just kind of seemed to be missing on. And when he's hitting on those and when the receivers are catching those, uh, something that you know you necessarily haven't been able to expect from Devontae Adams over the last couple of years, this Packers offense is obviously quite a bit more explosive and the Texans defense is good. I mean, they, they limited the Raiders a couple of weeks ago in explosive offense to a reasonable number of points. But as we saw in that game, the Texans just can't score and they can't move the ball effectively through the air. Lamar Miller's been banged up. Um, you know, looking at the spread, Green Bay by six and a half. I know they're at home. That does seem a little bit high to me. I mean, the Texans have found a way to win six games, uh, but I'm going with Green Bay. And I feel pretty good about it. If the Texans didn't win another game this season, would you really be that surprised? Uh, they play the Jags again, I think, so yes. Yeah, it is a home game against the Jags. They get the Packers on the road, Colts on the road, Jags at home. They get the Bengals at home. Bengals are kind They've of only lost right once now. at home somehow. At Titans. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're going to win any of the remaining three road games, though. Probably not. They go two they're and three, good. so I mean, they're, they're going to finish. They're just in the AFC South. Two and three, they'll finish eight and eight. Okay, that seems about right. I can yeah. get on board with that. All right, the Packers, for me, they're not back, but... They no, certainly they won't be back this year. looked better on Monday night. Chiefs on the road in Atlanta. Great matchup in this one. Eight and three Chiefs, seven and four Falcons. Falcons four and a half point favorites. Your over under is 49 because Kansas City's defense is good, not great. They can be exploited. Atlanta's offense to me is good enough to break them down. The line is set 
I think, perfectly in this mm-hmm. case. I have a really difficult time choosing which side I, I'd like to be on. Amazingly, tickets start at $32 for this game. Why don't people in Atlanta want to watch this team? That's a good question. Um, yeah, that seems remarkably low. This is a good matchup. And look at how many are left. And obviously, we're just gleaning this from the, the ESPN you know, scoreboard page. 4,000-plus tickets available for, you know, starting at 32. Like you said, that does seem wildly low. Um, but looking at both of these two teams, the Chiefs, two weeks ago, you know, they're beat at home by Tampa Bay, which at the time didn't look like that good of a team. All of a sudden, Tampa, you know, holds Seattle to five points last week. They might be good all of a sudden. The Falcons are coming off of a win over Arizona. Everybody, I mean, maybe not everybody, but I was still kind of in the camp of Arizona, not that they're a playoff team, but just that they've been underachieving and they can still beat anybody. And that didn't really look like it was the case at all uh, last week. So uh, what, what are you showing me here? 78 bucks for those seats right there. Lower corner. I like corners. 78 bucks. Those are nice. I mean, that, you want to go? Well, yeah, we could take an Uber. Probably I'm, be- uh, well, I'm going to be in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game Saturday. So I'll be halfway there. I could just kind of meet you there. Right. You could just start riding a bike or driving or something after i don't probably know. drive yeah driving probably faster but yeah those, those are good seats those are 150 dollars right. seats easily at lambo every single week they're 78 dollars for lower bowl corner at the georgia dome i've never seen a game there so maybe everything's awful it's a bad place to see a game but i can't imagine oh, wow. that lower bowl would be bad in that spot i would think not uh, tyreek hill coming off a big game i have to think he'll be heavily utilized regardless of the availability of jeremy macklin uh taylor gabriel two big tds in week 12 i don't think he's going to see an uptick in touches but he might not need that to be productive he's the kind of player you get him out in space right. he makes one guy miss and he's off to the races because he has that kind of top end speed yeah i mean i I think if you you know if you didn't have Gabriel in your lineup, or you you probably feel burned if you didn't use him on you know in daily because he's cheap. But like like you said, he's so big play reliant, you know that I think you know the ceiling that we saw last week is pretty high, but the floor I think is also pretty low. Um, you know they get him the ball out in space. You know they're throwing him the ball basically laterally, or he's starting a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage and making things happen himself. And you know credit to him for being able to do that. But you know how often can you rely on a guy to break four tackles and run by everybody? You know I just I just don't know how sustainable that is, and it makes him kind of a risky play to me as, as a fantasy commodity. Yeah, I think when you when you look at this matchup, you would much rather play Hill than Gabriel just because the targets seem safer, and they're going to find some ways to get the ball into the hands of Hill perhaps as a runner. Again, uh, the special teams TD last week, I mean, you can't bank on anything like that, of course, but uh, it, it's the kind of thing that adds a little extra intrigue every single week when you have a player who is involved in that facet of the game and is capable of making those big plays. I'll take the Falcons giving up the four and a half. I I don't feel great about it. It's not the kind of game that I'd play if I were in Vegas this weekend. Uh, Lions and Saints happening in the Superdome. Lions at seven and four, critically important week for them too, of course, with the the lead in the division. I I didn't expect that to happen at all. 53 and a half is your over-under. I think that's the highest on the board for this week by a few points even everybody's a good play in this game I mean Stafford Breeze uh, Marvin Jones Golden Tate I think Brandon Cook's coming off the donut's going to be productive I don't think there was any real reason they left him out of the game plan the target volume for Cooks versus Willie Sneed versus Michael Thomas has been pretty evened out over the last five or six weeks anyway the only real concern you have with Cooks and this was a concern coming into the year anyway is that Michael Thomas is a larger receiver who's going to be targeted in the red zone. But mm-hmm. Cooks doesn't score from the red zone. Cooks scores from right. anywhere on the field. 
I think he bounces back. I would use him he in season to, long. Right? I'd use him in daily too. Yeah. I think he's going to be chalky. I think on FanDuel, mm-hmm. it's like a hundred bucks less than Michael Thomas. They're both under seven thousand. They're both going to be heavily owned, but they should be, especially in cash games. Yeah. That seems like a fluke game to me more than a trend uh, for Brandon Cooks. I mean, there's, he had, he, I think he only has one 100 yard game on the year, and I believe it was week one. So I mean, it's been, a, I guess, a little bit of a down year and. It's a little bit concerning when your team, you know, puts up 49 points and you're throwing all over and, you know, you're not even targeted. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, maybe credit goes to the Rams. Like like you said, it's not like they froze him out of the game plan or it's not like Drew Brees just, you know, was intentionally not throwing to him. Like, you know, other options were open and obviously it was productive for the Saints and that's not going to be the case every week. Yeah, I think you're going to get at least six or seven targets from Cooks this week, assuming he stays healthy for the duration of the game. No known injuries or anything like that. So he should be just fine. Uh, the Saints are giving up six in this game, and they're they're always tough at home. At least they've got that reputation. The Lions, I think, are a team that everyone's skeptical of. Clearly, Vegas is too, based on that number. The shootout potential of this game, I think, bodes really well for the Saints because the Lions seem more prone to make mistakes. I think the Saints are going to cover the six, Nick. I, I'm going with a lot of chalk here with the, the favorites, but I, I think they're going to run away with this one. Yeah, I mean, we're still kind of... Iffy on the Lions, right? Yeah, I'm thinking like 35-24, 35-27. I, I just think I think the Saints are going to have no this difficulty scoring on NFL them. season where a seven and four team can be you know a six point dog. I mean, granted on the road in New Orleans, you know, to a five and six team, and we're just like, oh yeah, the five and six team is much much better. Yeah, and I, and I don't think we're you know I think a lot of people probably think that way. It's it's, it's something about the Lions. Maybe it's the it's decades weirdly, of futility, and that's yeah. what it is. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, you can play most of your Lions and feel good about it. Even a guy like Anquan Bolden is interesting this week, given the number of points right. that you're expecting the Lions to put up, uh, even in a losing effort. Rams on the road taking on the Patriots. Jeff Fisher doesn't know who the running backs are for the Patriots. It doesn't matter. They're going to lose anyway. Like what, Everyone's making a big deal out of this. I mean, Jeff Fisher's not going anywhere, and great. I mean, the, the collateral damage of that is Todd Gurley will probably always be disappointing to us because yes. he'll be in bad offenses on bad teams that are playing from behind, and that's also a front office problem. Is Todd Gurley too. a bust? Well, he's an RB2 this year. I, I mean, long-term... I still like the skill set, right. but what is that offense? I mean, he, look he like erupted for fifty yards on thirteen carries last week. Yeah, palpable buzz. Three point eight. Yeah, there was a palpable buzz uh, at the Superdome as, as Todd Gurley ran for thirteen yards, which was like his fifth longest run in the season somehow. Uh, Three point two yards per carry for old Todd. Wow. Well, the Patriots are going to win this game by like twenty-seven, so I'll give up the thirteen and a half. Four games in a row where I'm giving up the points with the home team. I. Belichick's going to own Jeff Fisher. I mean, it, it's not even – this is a, this is one of the most lopsided coaching matchups you can make. This, yeah, this is an all-timer. Um, I wonder – they had to have matched up, you know, what, 10-plus times by now? You would think. I mean, Fisher's coached in the AFC for so long. Um, we'll have to look up – I mean, I can, I can look that up throughout the podcast if you want to see what the all-time record is. Belichick's got to be like 10-1 and one or something all-time against Fisher. Uh, 13 and a half points for the Patriots at home. They're a little banged up right now. They didn't look great against the Jets. Just did enough to kind of to kind of take that game. Um, I don't know. Did they cover thirteen and a half? The Rams can kind of stick with teams. Obviously, they didn't last week. Yeah, they're going to cover that. They're covering it. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be one of those games. New England wins so convincingly that we're just sitting around in the fourth quarter, bored by how much they've owned the Rams. I, I think we're talking 25, 27 points as far as the margin of victory. Like if there were an alternate line available, 
I'd be interested in that as opposed to the 13 and a half. All right. Also, the wow. So the Rams are playing New England this week. Jeff Fisher's teams have been outscored 104 to seven in the past two games against Bill Belichick. This is from uh, Patrick Doherty, wrote a pat on Twitter. I mean, that's wild. That, that's that's a big big difference. It's been four years since they last uh, went up against each other. He just hasn't had the personality, you know. It was it was one of the famous London games. Back in 2012, the Patriots yeah. stomped the Rams in London 45-7. to Some uh, rumblings that the Ravens are going to play in London. Sounds like it might be a matchup with the old Jags. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, three years prior to that 2012 matchup, Fisher was still in Tennessee. The Patriots beat the Titans 59 nothing in the snow. Tom Brady had five TDs in the first half. That's a lot of touchdowns. Uh, so we know the Rams are going to finish 7-9. and nine. There's five games left, including this one. Where do they get their three wins? Oh, they're not going to finish seven and nine. No, this no, year. they have to. So it's if they lose this week, they need to win three out of the next four against Atlanta, Seattle, San Francisco, and Arizona. Like, where do those three wins come? I don't. I mean, I don't see where it happens either, but it has to happen. No, they're only going to beat San Francisco. That's okay. it. That's the one. All right. The Fighting Chips might be up for that after getting embarrassed though back in Week One. Wait, yeah. uh, I should say the, the Rams. Around, the Rams yeah. will be up for that after they got embarrassed in that right. game. Right, that's Christmas Eve. You know, you're you're pumped about presents and stuff the next day. Yeah, so the, the Rams are going to roll in that one as they uh, get some revenge on the Niners. That's, that's the only game left they're going to win. It's the only one. Right. Well, I mean, the numbers say they're going to win three, but I'll I'll listen to you. Broncos, Jags, mm. um, Denver. This is, this giving isn't a great up, spot for the Jags. Denver's giving up four on the road. I'm taking another favorite, giving up the four. That's, that doesn't seem like enough. No, it doesn't. Eagles, Bengals, uh, over under, and that one's forty-two. Cincinnati's favored by one. These are two teams that, well, with the injuries, especially the Bengals are are just down and out right now. The Eagles, eh, I mean, they're they're getting better. They're better than people probably expected. Right. I think it's it's a weird. You know, they started the season so well. If you told them, you know, back in. You know, late August, all right, you're going to be five and six through 11 games. You'd probably be like, all right, that's not so bad. You, maybe you wouldn't expect that they would be, you know, so high and then so low as they've been in the last four or five weeks. Uh, but still, I mean, five and six with a rookie quarterback and a ton of question marks and a new coach coming in. Like, they, I mean, they, I think they should still feel all right about where they are. Yeah, one and five on the road this season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Bengals handle them even without A.J. Green. I think it's going to be a nice close game, but I'll take the Bengals giving up the one. Uh, marking six consecutive favorites now that I've picked to to go off this week, so that's it's a really nice way Chalk to be. Van Riper. That's what they call me. Dolphins Ravens happening in Baltimore because it's happening in Baltimore. The Ravens are going to win. The Ravens are three and a half point favorites. The only question is, do they win by a smaller margin than that? I think they do. I think they win by one. I think they win on a Justin Tucker field goal at the final horn. I think that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to take the Dolphins Justin giving Tucker. up the three and a half. Justin Tucker's greatness continues to be underappreciated. He's the best kicker ever. We've never seen a kicker ever? as good as Justin Tick, uh, Justin Tucker. I mean, wasn't it Goskowski as of like six weeks ago? Tucker is better than Goskowski. He is? Yes. Okay. Tucker's better than Adam Vinatieri. And the reason people are going to get mad about that is because Vinatieri's hit some clutch kicks in his career. If, if you put Tucker in those spots, then he makes all those kicks too. I am no kicking expert. I, I have no comment on the situation. Um, I will take your word for it. I will throw Mike Vanderjack into the conversation. No? 
No. No. <laughs> I didn't know you cared about kickers. I love kickers. They're, they're my favorite players. Uh, with Tucker, I mean, he's an autoplay on FanDuel. I, I say it almost every week on the XM show. It's, it's silly not to just pay the extra couple hundred bucks right. to get him. The price differential is so minuscule. They love to stall out because they're not good enough to finish a lot of their drives, and he has good range, so they'll, they'll trust him from you know, 45, 50, 55 yards out without hesitation, and he buries it. So if your league rewards uh, three-point field goals by tacking on extra points for those longer ones, well, then Justin Tucker's going to get you 12, mm-hmm. 14, 16 points pretty much every week, and that's better than the field by a useful margin. How many games in a row do you think Miami has won? Four. Six. What? Right? No. Yeah. They were one and four? They were. Wow. They had that, that tough loss to Seattle in week one where you know Kenny Stills dropped the long pass, and they pretty much should have won the game. Then they lost to New England, barely beat the Browns, lost to Cincy, lost to the Titans, and they haven't lost since. Hmm. That's fascinating. Well, with the Dolphins, I mean, the thing that I'd be most worried about is the Ravens' defense has been really good. Ryan Tannehill can be susceptible to making some mistakes. Uh, Jay Ajayi is still getting good volume. I'd still play him this week. He's going to be an RB2 uh, pretty consistently week in and week out. The next two games, I think he's got what the Ravens and the Cowboys, I want to say. I think it's two really tough matchups. Uh, Miami? Yeah. Ravens and then the Cardinals. Ravens and Cardinals. So it's the two best run defenses in the league as far as the Mm -hmm. fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. I would still play a Jai unless I'm filthy rich at running back and I can afford to sit him down because I'm loaded. Maybe I picked him up and already had other quality backs when I made that move. But most people who have Jay Ajayi are not in that situation. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins with the points, even though I expect the Ravens to win by one, again, on a Justin Tucker field goal at the final horn. San Francisco on the road taking on Chicago. Bears favored by one. I have no good read in this game whatsoever. But I think what it comes down to for me is I, I trust the experience of Colin Kaepernick more than the inexperience of Matt Barkley. Both defenses are lackluster. Uh, this could actually be an entertaining game between two bad teams. But Cap, I mean, in the eyes of some, is a top five quarterback this week. And it's hard to argue against that based on the recent results. I think the Niners are going to get their second win of the season, Nick. Yeah, I mean, Kaepernick was about four feet short of tacking on another touchdown late in that game last week. Um, I mean, basically, Miami did everything they could to kind of blow that late defensively, and then who knows what happens in overtime. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on Kaepernick. From a, At this point in the year, I'm doing so poorly in most of my fantasy leagues that I'm, I'm just switching over and focusing fully on, like, pick'em leagues. This is a nightmare week for pick'em because every single week, Chicago and San Francisco are, you know, pretty much automatically pick whoever's playing against them. Same goes for the Browns. The Browns are on by. San Francisco plays Chicago. Uh, so this this has been tough, but I mean, I have no read on this at all. There's there's no way to predict how this will go. I thought Barkley looked really good last week. I think you slightly disagreed with me on that when we talked about it on Monday. It was okay. Like two he- picks. I mean, by Matt Barkley standards, he was incredible. And he had two huge drops, and the Bears win that game if either one of those balls are caught. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the standards I mean, bad, are, bad drops. are low. And, and yeah, there was one of those was a, a game-winning yeah. TD at the end, on the last drive. It was the first down play on the final. And that's not even counting the, what you could also call a drop, and probably was a drop on fourth down. And, and, you know, it was a contested drop, I guess. But it was a really, really good throw that was right where it needed to be, and the, the receiver just couldn't haul it in. Marquise Wilson, uh, I think, is kind of that wide receiver two, wide receiver three, though, this week. The target volume was up. Mm-hmm. It's a good matchup. 
and he seems to have that rapport with Barkley. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, it's it's really hard to to really say anything definitive about this receiving core, especially when you're working with a backup quarterback. But um, I mean, it was in some ways for fantasy owners, it was kind of a blessing that Chicago was down twenty-one to seven at the half because they basically just unleashed Barkley for the entire second half. I mean, I don't think the game plan was let's let Matt throw it fifty-four times, uh, even though the, the Tennessee secondary is pretty gross. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you use Marcus Wilson last week, that worked out. If you use Deontay Thompson for whatever reason, <laughs> that worked out. Um, really, I mean, everybody, but Eddie Royal, who is somebody that I know, you know, we talked with him on the, talked with Kevin Payne on the XM show about maybe using Eddie Royal, uh, in this matchup, one catch for negative six yards on one target. Why? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't ever see the intrigue with Eddie Royal. I mean, I don't he, either. I mean, he, he, you'd never figure out when he's actually going to have a good game, even when the, the role looks like it could increase. Didn't he quietly rack up like a bunch of touchdowns over a few weeks, like a year or two ago? That's what, that's what he's done his that. whole career. He's yeah. just shown up at random times, then been a pickup in season-long leagues only to disappoint, and then mm-hmm. in DFS, the same kind of thing. You're like, oh, okay, well, Alshon Jeffrey's suspended, so the floor goes up. Yeah. His price is near the bottom of the barrel. I'll throw him out there because he gives me some salary relief, and it 15, doesn't work. 15 touchdowns over two years in 2013 and 2014 with San Diego. Yeah, uh, that doesn't help him now, not with Matt Barkley no. out there. Uh, Jordan Howard's a good play this week. Yes. I mean, San Francisco's run defense kept Jay Ajayi in check last week. I don't think that's indicative of future success. Like, they kind of did the same thing to David Johnson a few weeks ago when everybody was expecting him to just go crazy. I think that was the week after Mark Ingram went wild on them, and everybody just thought they were, you know, they were a lock to give up 200 yards. And I don't know if it's just like too obvious of a play, or if you know San Francisco something has happened, you know, after week nine, and they're they're addressing this. I mean, I still, I still like the matchup, of course, for, for Jordan Howard. You know, statistically, it's probably the best one out there. But, you know, there, there's no lock to just automatically give up 150-plus. It might be smarter to go to this game than the one in Atlanta from a cost and location <laughs> standpoint. Bucks. It's on the way home from your trip to Indy right. at Soldier Field. The only downside of going to this game is that you're not going to be able to consume the other noon games on the block, the early mm-hmm. game. You'd miss out on all of them. That, that's the downside of going to NFL games overall. It's like if you want to consume well, the week as a whole and actually watch the game that you're at, you just miss out. Well, not always. I, I don't know if I mentioned, when I, when I went to the Jacksonville Green Bay game in week, in week one, the Jags have the normal jumbotrons, you know, behind each end zone, and then they have ones in each corner, you know, kind of going straight up from the corner of the end zone. That were playing, it was playing NFL Red Zone during the game. That's it was awesome, right? Like, I mean, great job, Jags. Yeah, I mean, it was a close game, so I was actually paying attention to the Jags Packers game. But I remember thinking, like, wow, if if this turned out like any other Jags game, and it was over in the second quarter, you could just kind of relax and watch a game as if you're at home. I don't know if Soldier Field punts quite so hard on the product in front of you, yeah, as as they do in Jacksonville. I don't think so. But I'm looking for corner seats again, and the price is not bad. Like it's 105 bucks a seat for the corners. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit up in the nosebleeds. I want a good seat if I'm going to go to a we're game. We're looking at $27 tickets for this Arizona-Washington game that we're going to talk about. There are $9 tickets available for the Jets-Colts game. Oh, God. You can't do anything in New York for $9. $9? There's 10,000 tickets available for a Monday night game. If you go to a fast food place <laughs> in New York and order what you would normally order in other parts of the country, yeah. you're spending more than $9. Yeah. Uh, this summer, I was getting absolutely killed buying my iced coffees from McDonald's there. Yeah, they're like $14 a piece at McDonald's, yeah. right? They're, those are like 99 cents around here. And yeah, it was like 
Yeah, it's it's New York, but nine bucks to go to the Jets game. So get that uh, get that ticket if you can. Uh, I'm going to take the Niners though in that game against the Bears, getting the point. Uh, starting with the early afternoon games, the earliest of those late afternoon games, Bills on the road taking on the Raiders, six and five Bills, nine and two Raiders. Over under forty nine. Oakland only favored by three. I feel like you put these teams on a neutral field. I would like Oakland for Derek Carr. I mean, the Bills are hot too. It's got to be. That's got to be part of it. I know, and then and I just I don't know. I don't know if I trust the Bills to avoid big mistakes in a key game like this. I I, I think I think the Raiders are going to hold serve at home. I think they're going to win by more than three. So I'll give up the three points. The Bills were really bad for a lot of that game against the Jags last week. Basically, the entire first half, they were horrific. And the Raiders looked like they were going to completely silence the Carolina offense for a good portion of that yeah. game, too. I, I think the car injury is part of it, but the over-under is still 49. I, I like it from a fantasy standpoint. Sammy Watkins had a setback mm-hmm. in practice on Wednesday, so his availability may be in question. Shady McCoy's looked really good, so I have no reservations about playing McCoy up against yeah. the Raiders or anything like that. But I just think the Bills are, are too light on weapons to get into a shootout with Oakland and come out on top on the road. I, I still wouldn't use Watkins this week. I mean, we Mario and I talked about him last week as a, you know, maybe your third receiver if you want to pay way up at that running back and receiver. And I mean, you, you can argue that at his price range, like he has higher upside than just about anybody there. But at the same time, like you said, he's probably still not 100% healthy, still getting over the the mental hurdles, I guess, of of you know, cutting on that ankle and the numbers against Jacksonville look good, but you know, 60 some of those 80 yards came on one play down the sideline. That was just really bad coverage by the Jags. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I think that's the, that's the thing. You had a great, any game against the Jags on the appropriate curve. Right. Make exactly. sure you're and same that. with McCoy too. I mean, he was having a, a very subpar game. Second play of the of the second half rips off a seventy five yard run, and all of a sudden the box score looks quite a bit better. Yeah, but uh, he he still looks really good week oh, yeah. to week. Has that explosiveness, catches passes out of the backfield, just does everything you're looking for. I think McCoy is going to be on a good number of championship teams this year mm-hmm. since he was available round three, right. early round four, depending on the number of teams. Him in and the Marco Murray, I think, are the two. Yeah, they're the two. I think key running backs as far as going receiver early, avoiding Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins. They're getting those two. Uh, running backs has been a winning formula. Uh, so I'm taking the Raiders, giving up the three. Giants on the road, taking on the Steelers. Great matchup in this one. Steelers favored by six and a half against the eight and three Giants because Vegas See, this thinks... is another one like that, too, where it's like, yeah, of course the Steelers are better than the Giants, even though the Giants are eight and three. They, but they are because they are. Ben no, McAdoo is a clown. The Giants can't run the ball. Like, I'd, it's going to be a great they game. They were the worst seven-win team ever last week, and now they're probably the worst eight-win team ever. I'm going to take the Giants with the points because six and a half is a big number. Yeah, I think it's more like Pittsburgh by three, Pittsburgh by four. And again, this is going to be one of the more entertaining games on the schedule, but I don't think they're way off with the Steelers favored by nearly no. a touchdown. Oh, the Giants can like kind of run the ball now these last three weeks. Like Rashad Jennings has looked like a decent mm. running back. I mean, not... It was, a dis- it was a disappointment for those who oh, of course. threw him in there in season-long DFS last week, though. Yeah, I, I mean, he's... They basically had no running back over like 50 yards for, for the first, what, nine or 10 weeks of the season, something like that. And Jennings, I think he had like 80 plus yards in two of three games. Like, so we're judging this on the giant scale, not the overall scale of, you know, running back production. But this no, is like I'm the Matt him. Barkley scale where you grade yeah, Matt exactly. Barkley yeah. against himself. And, and the Jaguar scale. Right. There's a lot of scales out there. All I'm with the you, Pittsburgh wins this. 
probably right around the spread. I wouldn't be super confident in one way or the other. I was thinking like 28-24. Sure. And it might be a case where they're, they're winning by 11, the Giants score kind of a garbage TD late, mm-hmm. not, not the, the barn burner where they yeah. s- Steelers just score on their last possession to win or something like that. Uh, Washington on the road at Arizona, $26 tickets. It's a lot of things to do outside in Arizona. Look, can we just buy one of these? You want, you want to commit to one of these games? For this cheap, yeah. How are we going to get there? See, that's the thing. That's um, where you get killed. The yeah. cost of getting these places. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's a shame the Colts don't play at home. That would have been really, really, really nice. Yeah, a $9 Colts-Jets ticket would have been good. Those would be like 40 bucks in Indy at the minimum. Probably a little more. Right. But, I mean, I just wouldn't have to worry about transportation, you know? I could just kind of hunker you'd, down. You'd be right there. Right. Same, same spot, back-to-back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll commit to this Arizona game. But okay. Cardinals are 4-6-1. and one. Redskins 6-4-1, and one, a battle of teams that each have a tie. Cardinals favored by two and a half. Is Kirk Cousins matchup proof at this point, or do you look at him against Arizona on the road and try to dial back the expectations a bit for this week? I think you dial them back a little bit, but I think he's matchup proof in the sense that you know you, you're not necessarily considering sitting him against any matchup. Um, and part of that is like, I don't, is there a dominant dominant defense anymore? Like Denver's kind of cooled off a little bit. I mean, I think they're still probably number one, but. I don't know. I mean, Denver last year was a team that, like, no matter who was the quarterback, you had to consider sitting. I'm like, I just don't know that any defense in the league has been consistent enough to really think of it that way. They've had some injuries, so I wonder how much of it's just been not having some of their key guys at 100% this year. I kind of feel like it's that, and Denver could still be that defense, maybe come playoff time. The Cardinals are a good defense, not a great one, so I, I wouldn't sit Cousins solely because of that. It comes down to what you have as a backup. It's one of the weeks where he's not an auto play. I think you have to look at it a little more carefully based on the alternatives, either on the waiver wire or sitting on your bench. I think the Cardinals win. I think they win by more than two and a half. So yet another favorite on the board for me this week. Cardinals, I think, will improve to five, six, and one. It'll knock the Cardinals, the Redskins down to six, five, and one. That's just where those teams should be after 12 games. And I don't think that'd be that surprising. Bucks Chargers, the final late afternoon game on this slate. Chargers favored by three and a half. Bucks have been making me look stupid all season long. Taking another favorite, Nick. Yep. Taking the Chargers, giving up the three and a half. I, li- I like Tampa Bay. Three straight wins. They blew out the Bears. They beat the Chiefs on the road. They they beat the Seahawks last week convincingly with their defense. Um, you know, it kind of looked like early that they might they might just pile a bunch of points up with too early Jameis to, to Evans touchdowns. But I mean, nobody scored in this game after the second quarter. I don't think did they. Maybe like mid-second quarter? Just it was just an odd, ugly, odd game. Ugly game. Uh, what did we say on Monday? The first 14-5 to five game since sometime in the 80s? Yeah, it's been a while. Was, uh, I think it was a Falcons-49ers matchup. Um, but no, I mean, I think Tampa Bay has a little bit of a, a little bit of a run right now. I think their confidence is up. And, you know, whatever confidence they lost losing to Oakland and, and Atlanta a few weeks back, I think – I think it's returned, and you know they look at their schedule uh, coming up. I mean, they get the Saints twice. Uh, the, if they win this game against San Diego, uh, they're firmly in the playoff picture. They get the Panthers uh, to finish in Week 17, but they do have to go to Dallas in Week 15, and that's certainly going to be a tough one. It's a big one for both teams. The Chargers look like a really good spoiler right now. Mm-hmm. I think they'll run the ball reasonably well against Tampa Bay. I think even if Tyrell Williams is banged up with Inman, Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates, they can do enough through the air against the Bucks. We're going to look at last week as some kind of aberration 
when it's all said and done with regards to what they did defensively. I I think I thought they were a good team coming into the year. I'm skeptical about them coming off of a really big win last week, going all the way across the country to play San Diego and coming away with a win on the road. I think that's what it comes down to for me. So I think both these teams are six and six after this week. Panthers Seahawks, good Sunday night matchup in Seattle. Seattle five and zero at home this year. Panthers one and four on the road. Are you sitting Cam Newton in leagues where you have him? The one league I have Cam, uh, I think who's my bad? I think it's either Derek Carr or Andrew Luck. Uh, somehow I ended up with Luck and I have Luck and Newton. You have in Luck and league. Newton in I a league. I think it was an auto draft league. It was, oh my. I'm in a league with with a friend who lives uh, a high school friend who lives in Wyoming, and he set the draft time for midnight on like a Tuesday. What is he doing? I don't know. Yeah, I said the exact same thing, and so that's what happened there. But. Yeah, I mean, if you have one of those two guys, maybe. Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I still trust Cam Newton. I think the Panthers will be up for this game. I think they still probably don't view themselves as a 4-7 and seven team. Um, I mean, this was a, a matchup that, when the schedule was released you know, in the beginning of the season, was probably a marquee game to circle because nobody thought the Panthers would be 4-7 and seven right now. So, um, no, I, I, I think I'm comfortable using Cam Newton. Are you worried about Seattle's offense after that egg last week in Tampa? A little bit, but they also get a Panthers defense that has not been great at all um, relative to last season. And I, I mean, they're not one of those defenses that you really fear week to week, are they? No, not at I, all. I don't think so. I, they, I, they, they do. They still do a decent job taking the ball away, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too worried. I don't think Carolina is going to get boat raced or anything like that. So I'll take Carolina getting six and a half. But I do think Seattle wins more like a three or four point win as opposed to uh, a touchdown or more. Uh, Colts, Jets, as we mentioned, $9 tickets available for this one. Jets are three and eight, so that's a big part of it. Colts, five and six. They really need this one. Colts are favored by one and a half. The over under, 48 and a half. It looks like Andrew Luck is going to return. With that, do the Colts get back to 500 this week? Ooh. Man, um, maybe the Jets showed up against the Patriots. They did, yeah. I, that's that's what concerns me. I think, I think the Jets still might be the better team. I'll, I'll go Jets. I don't like this line. Indy by two on the road. Yeah, I don't want to pick the Jets at all. So I'll, I'll take the Colts okay. as road dogs on Monday night, matchup. which is it, it's weird. Road dogs on Monday night are not usually a good no. play, but the Colts need this one. The Jets have very little to play for at this point, and I just think their personnel. Uh, continues to uh, disappoint overall. I mean, yeah. Brandon Marshall snapped that TD drought last week. I'm not real confident in Matt Forte running all that well against anybody, even against an indie defense that isn't very good. Uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing again, which almost makes you wonder if, if the Colts are a streamable defense for this week. I think so. Yeah, I, certainly. I, I think they definitely are. If you know, if you're in a situation where you know, you have a buy, or you just don't like a matchup for for your primary defense. Um, but first of all, is Brandon Marshall going to have to give a card to Antonio Brown? Like people kind of forgot about that, right? Wait, what happened? They had a bet at the beginning of the year. Um, I forget if it was for like more yardage or more touchdowns. Yeah, it doesn't, that, doesn't matter either way. I think Brown's got him covered. Yeah, let's see. Let me let me bring up the story. Uh, yeah, luxury car wager. Let's see. Marshall bet a new Porsche that'll have more yards than Brown in 2016. And the count right now is? It's not even close. I don't have it up, but it can't be anywhere close. Well, I'll look up Brown. I imagine Brown's got 300 more receiving yards, I would guess. Brown's third in the league at 998. 
So 998 so for Antonio Brown. Marshall's, Marshall's 31st with 668. Yeah, so about, about so 300 yards. It's not over, but it's probably over. It's pretty much over. Yeah. So a Porsche for Antonio Brown. Yeah. From Brandon Marshall. The best kind of Porsche. With customizations? Unknown. I got to think there's a lot of custom work that goes into that that Marshall's going to have to pay for. Look at Marquise Lee, 45th, 10 yards behind Allen Robinson on the year. It's the way we all drew it up. Right. I mean, I'm excited for the Jags this week. No, I'm not at all. I intentionally talked about them for two seconds. No, because I, this that is game's... fine. This is what we should have been doing all year, skipping right over them. Probably the plan going forward. Uh, no game for the Browns and Titans this week. They have the week 13 bye. It's the latest bye week I've ever seen, but congratulations to them for having it. Good timing for DeMarco team, Murray. Would you rather have like a, didn't the Packers have like a week four bye? Yeah, they were early this year. Yeah, would you rather have, I think that's the earliest you can have it. Would you rather have week four or week 13? Ideally, it's like week eight or nine, right? I'll take the late bye because I think the cumulative effect of playing week in and week out, yeah. I mean, you want to be off in November or December as opposed to late yeah. September or October. I think part of it, too, is like what's your matchup coming out of the bye? You know, if you have a really big game coming out of the bye, you kind of like that extra week to prepare, maybe make sure everybody's healthy. But if you have like the Browns coming out of a bye, it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, that's a factor. But I think, I think all things being similar, I'd always want the later bye. You want like eight or nine, ideally, though, right? Just kind of right in the middle. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why entire divisions aren't off at the same time. The, like the four teams in each division should be off together. There shouldn't mm-hmm. be an advantage for one team to be off at a different time than someone else yeah. in the division. Like I, it, there, maybe there's a reason for that schedule-wise, but on paper I think that makes sense. I, I think they could work through that issue. That's another one of your rivalries, the NFL schedule makers. Oh, they're number one on the one. list. They're, okay. my, they're my greatest rivalry. Okay. That one at least makes sense. The other ones don't even make sense. I, I, don't, I don't even know how this Rachel Nichols thing started. Seems, I don't think she does either. I don't think she's even aware that it's a, it's a thing. I, I don't even know if she I know what the problem the is. Come on. Everybody listens to the pod. It's going to wrap things up for the Thursday episode of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Tim and I are back with you on Friday. Your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.